Hello, welcome to this new installment of the All New 52 podcast. I'm your host, Joe Schwimmer. And with me, as always, is my fellow flooded in member of society, Caleb Bunn. Do webs work underwater? No, I'm assuming okay. that as soon as you fire, it's like a bullet. It, so, it, like there's a ton of resistance in so between. So you probably saw the thwub, but you don't have the whole thwip. Yeah, it's probably they. Okay. And then it just whoops, whoops. Because I always do the thwip flips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thwip, thwip. We talk about comics on this podcast from the new to the old to our most consistent run, the Ultimate Universe, Ultimate Spider-Man specifically. Most consistent, not by my choice. <laughs> no, we're nearing, we're very close to nearing the end. Yeah. I feel like I've been saying that for a while. You have. <laughs> but like, I mean, it's a true statement every single time. We're closer and closer every single episode we cover. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to get mad at you for saying it. It gives me hope. But we are, we are actually very close. We're talking about volume 11 this time of the Hardcappers, which covers the symbiote war and ultimatum. Symbiote war seems a little, it's a little overblown grandiose. for what it actually is. <laughs> We're t- returning to the podcast. We have writer Brian Michael Bendis with pencils by Stuart Eminem and uh, inks by Wade Von Grabadger. Art in a different issue by David LaFuente. Colors by Justin Ponzer and John Ranch. And guest um, penciler, little unknown guy. I don't think we've ever come, covered him on the podcast before. Mark Bagley. Um, uh, doesn't ring any bells. Definitely didn't sing praises for him forever. Did he draw anything new for this or was it just cutbacks like reusing his work? I think there's a couple things that he drew. Okay. Because most of just in Requiem, because I yeah. was like, we're back to the old models for uh, Peter and Mary Jane. Yeah. And some of those are taken directly from there's a handful issues. of pages. Yeah. yeah. I just wasn't sure if he drew anything new. Uh, I imagine. I imagine it was mostly Stuart Evan. It seems weird to leave and then come back for a miniseries, but yeah. Oh, also Scott Hanna did some ink <laughs> and uh, Pete Pen- Pentazis and Edgar Delgado for colors. Lots of people. Yes. I this, mean, this is a lot of different issues, though. Yeah. Not, not just Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah. This collection contains an annual and a, let's be real, two issues of Ultimate Spider-Man, but they get a miniseries for some reason. And of course, letters by VCs, Corey Petit. Do you want to give a, uh, a synopsis of what goes on in this book, or shall I? First arc, Peter is Peter. But then Eddie is Forrest Gump. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, it starts off with a Forrest Gump joke of Eddie Brock sitting on the um, sitting on a bench at the park, and people come and he talks to them, and then you find out at the end that the joke is then said them walking away. He eats them. Um, it kind of just reintroduces Venom. Venom is who has one, been gone for a very long time. Venom once, well, he's been gone for a couple weeks, and then in universe, yeah, yeah, or a month or so. Eddie, you know, Eddie just kind of, he likes the suit, but he also wants a normal life. The suit wants Peter because Peter is more powerful and Peter doesn't know what's going on. There is suits a Lat- hungry. There's a Latverian villain called the beetle that's going around. And you find out that part of his job is he's trying to get the symbiote. And what complicates this is it's all before the and during the last arc. Yes. Um, <laughs> because 
Nick Fury's back and the assault on the Triskelion that happened last time happens in this, but we get to see it from Gwyn Carnage's perspective. So Gwyn Carnage gets out and then Eddie and her and Peter all fight and then Carnage gets destroyed. Eddie gets taken up by the beetle and taken to Latveria and Peter's there. Yeah, he really is just there. I mean, because like you're saying, he's dealing with a million other things going on. Yeah. And this is kind of a, hey, the kids like Venom. But then we go into the ultimatum storyline and we find out that the police know who Peter Parker is. They take Aunt May into custody to question her. But while she's getting interrogated, the entire city floods. Um, this is because Magneto, but that doesn't really factor in here. No, it's the set dressing. Yeah, because this is really about Peter going around trying to save people. He eventually runs into the Hulk, and then he goes to Doctor Strange, but the flood destroyed like some of Doctor Strange's seals, so Nightmare and a bunch of other demons get out, and they fight. This ends with a, a silent issue, which... When did this come out? What year? 2000. Nine or ten, I want to say. Okay, because I know Marvel had a thing called "Enough Said," where across their line they had a bunch of silent. That's issues. pretty neat. Yeah, I think this was a little after that, though, so I'm not sure if it tied in. Mm. Um, I don't know the dates specifically. Mm-hmm. If y'all do, email us and let us know. Um, by the way, Kitty and uh, Kitty and oh, I completely forgot. Jessica Drew's in this too. Kitty, but, yeah, yeah, she's in it. That's for the annual. Kitty and Jessica Drew aren't. Uh, can't find Spider-Man. They find his mask. They think he's dead. Then the Requiem storyline is uh, J. Jonah, who's had like an existential crisis um, and has decided that, yes, Spider-Man was a good guy. He writes Peter's obituary and we see some like flashbacks to some, yeah, just some other stories that have popped in. Really, really just recounting the entire series. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it ends with the Ultimates finding Peter and Peter's eyes Open. Wake up. He's not dead. Yeah. Hilarious way to end <laughs> Ultimate Spider-Man because the numbering ends with 133. <laughs> I want to say it. Yep, Peter's dead. No solicits for another 134 because 134 doesn't exist. Well, not in a numbered form. Are you looking up enough said? Yeah, it, I'm finding conflicting dates. They may have done it a couple times. So it's a cool way to end it. Yeah, I think it works. Yeah. Thematically, it works. Um, art. Art. Uh, Stuart Eminen returns as our primary artist for a bulk of this. Um, I forgot that it wasn't Bagley for a little bit. It took me a second to be like, wait, something, something's off. Oh, yeah, it's not Bagley, but it's good. Much like last time. I think I like him a little bit more than Bagley. I know heresy on this podcast. <laughs> But I'm um, a non-believer. Whether whether or not you whether or not you believe that statement is valid, we can all agree that it's like, well, they definitely picked the right successor. Yeah, he has he has strengths in other ways. His fight scenes, I I'll say again, are more dynamic. He just loses a little bit in the detail department, mm-hmm. which isn't a bad thing. Yeah. I'm I'm always a fan of more streamlined designs that aren't so heavy on the shadows. Yeah. Um the Annual. The annual is by David Lafuente. Is this the person who takes over later? Uh, we will be seeing him next. Okay. Oversized hardcover. 
This this is Stuart's successor. It's manga inspired. Yeah, it's very car- it, but okay. So it's manga inspired, but in the sense of it's like the how to draw anime books. Mm. That's the kind of style yeah. it's going for. Um, it's like it's like the it's like the animes that have been inspired by American cartoons. Like yeah. the like it keeps the inspirations keep spinning. <laughs> it's when you. Uh, copy and paste a, J- a jpeg like 30 times you can keep compressing it that's how like the art has like digressed i uh i didn't hate it like you know annuals are always a fun time to get new artists on board and i think for that as like a novelty it works i think there's some things i can kind of i wish it maybe had leaned in a little like it keeps the same hairstyle for like mary jane which mm-hmm. just doesn't work in that style in a more flat style yeah, her bangs are super weird yeah i think what it works best is when it's spider-man uh, spinning around the city. Yeah, I, it really around. doesn't do well with people's just normal people's normie faces. Not not in a comic like this. No, I can I can easily imagine a comic where this would work. Oh yeah, it's not to say the art's bad. It just really does not uh, suit. It's such a strict change from like where we are and just like yeah, what yeah. we have been for a hundred plus issues. Oh, and the annual, isn't that what sets up Mysterio? Yes. Yeah. I forgot to mention that in the recap, but that's that's exciting for it's me. It's so in the middle of like two yeah. other very busy things. <laughs> um, I like Mysterio, and so I that's exciting. Yeah. We will get more of him coming soon. No, the the art I have an issue with here is Requiem. Um I don't know. It it I don't even know what necessary it's hard to pinpoint exactly my problem with it but i feel like it's just it doesn't have the amount of polish that i expect from this book yeah it's and i i don't know i feel like that's not necessarily all to put on imminent and bagley however much he did for it um but it's 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 basically an obituary for peter but there's so many words everywhere and text bubbles everywhere throughout. It's like there's just not enough room for any art yeah. <laughs> either. I the the colors also feel a little bit off. They're like you're, faded. You're having all of this contrasted with the flashbacks to Bagley's art, and mm-hmm. I think that's what's kind of messing it up. Um, I you know I I don't want to I don't want to say and it it's still Eminem. It but it just doesn't feel like the rest of his work either. Yeah. So it's like this weird, it's not fusion between the two styles. It's not something brand new like what we get in the annual. Well, we do have two different colorists on that issue too, which yeah, I think it, might be where some of it's coming from. Yeah, I think the colors definitely, they, they don't complement Eminem's pencils very well. Yeah, lots of different art stuff. Yeah. This one, but I, I mean, it's much like you were talking about uh, Bagley's time at the end really being an end of era. This is also just end of not only Eminence era, but just like this era of the ultimate universe as a whole, because it all got relaunched right after this. This was a huge shift in the status quo. With that relaunch, was there a big shift in the art? Because from the little bits of ultimate I've read outside of Spider-Man, I feel like the art is pretty, it has an identity. It does before. I see. I haven't read much post ultimatum. because That's where stuff gets really sloppy and like, because ultimatum is a huge, just, and anybody who had a plan it seems uh was cast to the wayside 
And so Postal to me feels very directionless for me. Yeah. Especially because the Ultimate Universe as a whole went down shortly after that. So, I don't know, that's a blind spot for me and my Ultimate knowledge. But hey, maybe we'll get more when Hickman brings it back in a couple months. Does he do that before or after he does his God's book? Uh, I believe Ultimate, whatever, Ultimate Crisis, whatever it's called. I believe that hit starts in August. Interesting. Hickman, man, he's he's touched every corner of the Marvel Universe except for Spider-Man. I don't think he's ever written Spider-Man, has he? I don't think so. Yeah. Unimportant for what we're he talking was, he about. He was the here. pick people wanted after uh, Spencer. Yeah, I think he wanted a break. Though. Yeah. <laughs> was, uh, was the thing there. Yeah. Um, look at me. Always bringing it back to Hickman. Um, you have your qualities. I have mine. The, uh, the positives here. I think that, um, you know, Ultimatum, you've kind of already hinted at this, wasn't necessarily the best thing for the line. I think the initial couple first issues, though, are really good for Peter. Yeah, I was going to, because this is a reread for me, and Ultimatum is just such a such an out-of-nowhere thing that, ha- that affects this uh, whole line. Um, but man, it's some really good, like quality written issues where it's, it's kind of annoying how they do like a whole, Oh, everything's changed. We're figuring it out. And then it's not going to matter because a flood just happened. Yeah. But, um, it's really good. Just character stuff before the big wave happens. And everyone gets like a little bit of a moment here. Of course you have Gwen like trying to reintegrate and like, she's really where she's like, I don't want to die again. That wasn't fun. Uh, you know, Mary Jane is taking some of her frustrations out on Kitty. Kitty is feeling some guilt about not being able to do more. Kong is like, I'm here. (laughs) Kong's Um, like, I think my girl's girlfriend's still in love with Spider-Man. Yeah. And just like, man, it would be really nice if I had superpowers right now. But, um, by me, the highlight really here is that, you get to see Peter like rescuing people in a bunch of different like situations. And eventually it turns into some punching, but you know, I, you get a good amount of that where Peter can problem solve in other situations. Mm-hmm. And I, I for one would love to see natural disasters. This obviously is a natural disaster. <laughs> Very unnatural. We won't get into the magneto of it all because it doesn't matter. Yeah. We're not reading that book, but, um, treating it as a natural disaster, which is what Peter's treating it like here because he's like, I don't have time to worry about Magneto. I think that that is a, that is something that you should put in more superhero books because it's, it reprioritizes like the actual, we're here to help. Yeah. There's no, there's nothing to fight. You yeah. can't, you can't fight nature. Well, I don't know. I'm sure like an Iron Man book would have him making some like molecular thing, but yeah. And like Superman can, yeah. like Superman definitely has the ability to, but you're, but... you're street people. Yeah. You can focus on the heroics yeah. of it all. Symbiote war in quotes isn't very good, but the Forrest Gump part is so goofy. I love, I love every time we cut back to the bench and then you have just depressed Eddie looking over at someone where I'm going to eat you. Yeah. Also, how many people have gone missing in this park? Like, <laughs> I mean, it's it's more. It's over the course of like a week. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a superhero New York. So like, there's there's, there's a super so villain every week. To, there's so many more things to worry about. Yeah. Um, I like that 
the annual stuff. This gives Mary Jane a lot to do, but mm-hmm. it, it gives her some more. Um, she's always had agency in the book. Well, except maybe very early on. Yeah. But this is just giving her more plot relevance. Um, and it's bringing out some of her strengths that are different than Peter. She's a better investigator than Peter. And I like that. You see that in both when she helps Peter hunt down Mysterio. But then at the end, like she goes, she's a high schooler who gets uh, an interview with Tony Stark. That's a pretty impressive thing to do. Mm -hmm. So I like that they're fleshing out Mary Jane. This has some very good J. Jonah Jameson moments, which it's always nice to have for uh, Jonah to have like a come to Jesus moment. But like just here where he's like, my priorities have been so wrong for so long. And like, like this guy's actually trying that, that the, the spread of his building underwater and like everything about to give away. And you just see Peter diving in trying to his best is so good. It ties off so many good plots with him and with Yurik, um, which has been one of the like strongest, consistently strongest parts of the book that I really, I really am glad that they took the time because there were so many things you could focus on Mm -hmm. within a bit like ultimatum. I think that Bendis made the right choice giving some of that page time to the Daily Bugle staff. Definitely. Um, just his, like, he knows his life is forever changed. Like, he's like, yeah, my wife and kid are dead. There's yeah. no chance they're alive yeah. with something like this. Yeah, and I just, Ultimatum has weight. I feel yeah. the stakes in it. Yeah. Like, and it's one of those... Some of, so many events just don't have any weight aside from, like, Give us your money kind of wait. Yeah. And it ties back like it has ties to Marvel history because the first big crossover between uh, Namor and Human Torch back before, you know, Captain America was even a character. Namor floods New York. So there is a history and a legacy to it. Um, now, I, I fully believe that if I read the rest of Ultimatum, I think it was stupid. But just going off this of little here, corner we have. Yeah. Even if this was just an Ark and Spider-Man, I think it's pretty good. Yeah. I think tying in, I like the, the world building they're trying to do with uh, Latveria mm-hmm. and the Doom stuff. Like they're, they're like, because the book, we've, we've kind of grown out of New York at this point. We've handled all the really like big recurring threats over and over again. So it's nice to be like, oh, there's, there's more that's going on behind the scenes that's going to, was going to build to something. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't. <laughs> As is the way with comics. Yeah. My final positive is we get to see the vulture in this. The real vulture, not that poser from a little bit ago. We get to see full Adrian Toomes. And I love the vulture. So Just an old man. It's Part of it is the humor of it's an old man. Part of it's just that it's like, oh, that's a really good villain. I think I talked about this last time. It's like, that's a really good villain for Peter to have to go up against because like they both can be above the city flying mm-hmm. around. You can give the vulture basically any type of weapon. You can yeah, re- it works. redesign them in any type of way. Like It's cool. Um, my last positive is I really like all the um, the reintegrating Gwen stuff that is sans Gwen like them the when she's just in the uh interrogation room and they're all talking about her before then it's like it's doing that thing of like well if if it looks and it talks like Gwen Stacy who's to say it's not Gwen Stacy yeah like 
if we have no way to say that it isn't the same person before other than the fact that we saw her die then what is it um i like uh aunt may trying her best to uh trying to help going out but like everything's too suspicious now like Oh yeah, people uh, are catching on. It has been too many things have occurred in the same place for it to be more than a coincidence. The idea of the school having to be shut down because it's a target for like a supervillain every other yeah. week is a really good idea. Yeah, and I like the this principal who like he's like, yeah, I want to do what's best for these kids, but like I got to think about like the rest of them too. Yeah, my hands are kind of tied here. Yeah, and, um, he still was a snitch though. Yes. We do, we don't support that part of him being a principal. Can't call the cops on Aunt, Aunt May. That's Aunt just not May. right. I love her getting arrested. You were you have you've had an arrest in your past. That was thirty years ago. She yeah no she's it, flag burning. She's a she was a hippie. It makes sense. Um. Yeah, Aunt May continues to be one of the one of the good. When she pulls a gun on Eddie. Yeah. Oh, that. yeah, I forgot about that part. That's great. Yeah. I love Aunt May in this. This is my favorite version of it's Aunt so May. It's so good. Well, Spider-Verse Aunt May is also really good. They're but, pulling a lot from this yes, Aunt May. <laughs> yes, they are. Um, but yeah, no, Bendis, I mean, I would say she's one of the best characters, but like, they're a bunch of good characters. I've, you know, my interest has fallen off, but hey, Kitty's still good. Uh, MJ's still good. Aunt May's still good. Jonah and Ben Yurk are still mm-hmm. good. Like, what a what a stack supporting cast. Yeah, which I think transitions great into ne- uh, negatives is this is just a book that has run its course. Yeah, it has it re- like he can continue to write good character moments, but there is really nothing more this book can do to like surprise. Yeah. At this point, Peter has reached like his best form, mm-hmm. I think. And like, yeah, it's cool to see new developments with these side characters. But unless you're going to make them the protagonists. Yeah, it can't continue the story. Mm-hmm. Like Ultimatum, Peter doesn't get any like there are no new insights. It's a different situation, which is cool. And you get to see him like at peak performance, which is nice. But like he doesn't learn anything really. Yeah, and he's then, learned almost everything he has to learn yeah. at this point. Like obviously there's still some like in the annual he like reverts to just being a dumb dumb, but like he's a kid still. Yeah. And then the the symbiote stuff is just like, why is Peter here? <laughs> it's so uninteresting that he has to keep going back in time yeah. to try to make it important. In case you forgot, they fought at this moment. Which is my big my biggest negative is I hate how, and I usually am fine with nonlinear stuff, but I hate how nonlinear this, like it's just I'm trying to squeeze everything yeah. in here. This this black rag that's dripping with symbiote juice. Let me just get every little bit I can out of it. Like, what if I took another arc that Caleb was already iffy on, and then I I shoved even more in there, so it just doesn't make sense how any of this stuff was happening at the same time. Let me let me have the beetle not talk at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so the, we never know what he's up to. I kept forgetting about the beetle until he came back. Yeah, um, because he Spider-Man chases him down like twice. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going on. He's targeting rocks on stuff, which they like hint has a lot varying connection. And then at the very end, it's like, oh, got the symbiote. Yeah, I have a vacuum gun that can not only absorb the goo, but also a person. And then like, even just like Nick Fury, they set something up with him here. But then because they cut back to the modern time, Nick Fury's not there. Not anymore, there. Yeah. So. Um, that was the part where I'm like, wait, where, where is Nick during all this? Because I know it's Carol Danvers, who's 
incompetent. Yeah, yeah. It's just also like, I don't have a perfect memory of the timeline that Bagley's playing with because this timeline of this all happening. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Bagley. Please come on the podcast and I'll apologize to you personally. Um, Bendis is playing with a weird timeline here where these events already don't make sense that they happen within a year. (laughs) It hasn't even been a year yet. Yeah, like (laughs) it's been a couple months. Yeah, like nine, ten months or whatever. And so I like I you can't shove even more into this. It's like how if you actually take the time compression of like 616 like seriously, all the events of like the first 30 years have happened in like three days. Mm-hmm. Like, but at least with that, it's 30 years of comics. This, it's one comic. Yeah. Across 10 years, but <sighs> yeah. You don't, you don't need a sliding time scale for one comic. <laughs> you must stay in high school forever. <laughs> How do we do that? He never, the time stopped when he put the mask on. A spider bite not only gave him spider powers, it also stopped the calendar from moving forward. Yeah. Um, Yeah, like you said, every character is great. Even when they introduce new stuff, it's just like, this has nowhere to go Mm -hmm. at this point. No, no. It's, it's, It's good that this comic was nearing its end. I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone really knew it at this point, but. The Hulk stuff with Peter near Ultimatum or near the end of Ultimatum is a good wrinkle. Yeah. But the Doctor Strange stuff just completely kills everything I was liking about the Ultimate mm-hmm. universe. Nightmare is a good enough villain. It's just it's like you keep stacking things on top. And the idea if it was like all the demons have got out and that ties into another spinoff. Like, if that's just like, oh, and that's referencing what's happening in Doctor Strange Ultimatum, which mm-hmm. I'm sure wasn't a thing, that'd be fine. I'd even be fine with an issue of, like, the Hulk and Peter having to team up to, like, Ghostbuster their way around the city, but completely diverting that and then having... And that's how it ends. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's how Peter died, I guess? Yeah. Like, maybe there was something in the rest of Ultimatum that I don't know about. But... No, that, I mean, yeah, it's like... Ultimatum kind of has like, oh, we have an idea of what we're doing. And then it just completely loses that idea for yeah. some reason. Yeah. Well, that's about all I got. Yeah, same. Not as not as bad. This actually, this post-Bagley era has not been as bad as oh, I remembered. Wait, I do have one more negative. Okay. I will admit it is, it is a little bit of a retrospective negative. I think it's pretty dumb to fake kill off your character when in a couple volumes you're going to do it for real. I don't know if this was Bendis testing the ground for it. I don't, I don't know. If yeah, I, I don't know that it was editorially editorially mandated, like because that's I a think great that's way a, to boost sales. I think that's an editorial mandate because Ultimatum was already killing a bunch of characters. Yeah, like Daredevil dies. Uh, and, I mean, so many people die in actual Ultimatum. Wasp, <laughs> the Blob. Yeah, <laughs> post killing the Wasp, Cyclops. Yeah, I just Wolverine. <laughs> Wait, they kill Wolverine? Yeah. How? Uh, he gets like incinerated. Okay. Yeah, I that's, think. that's possible. That's be pretty powerful, but that's possible. Um, I'm fine with people killing Wolverine. It's just you have to come up with a creative way of doing mm-hmm. it, which I'm always interested in. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's like, I, I think doing just two issues between you finding out he's alive. We'll see. We'll see where the story goes. Maybe they do some good stuff with it, but it's like the impact of Aunt May thinking he's dead for a couple hours 
is not as impactful mm. as like a couple days or yeah. a month or whatever. So, and you just brought Gwyn back. So it's like, man, death. Because the, the promise of the ultimate universe is that things progress. And so death could matter. Yeah, it was clean slate. We don't yeah. know where this is going. But like two characters here, death doesn't matter. Okay, let's let's move on then, I guess. Yeah, we'll see how you, you're singing when we actually get to death of Spider-Man proper. Yeah, I mean, I'm anticipating liking that, but who knows? Yeah, still still a couple things in between, and we're probably going to have to break that one up too. Because that's a big, a big boy. It's like a mini-sized omnibus, so it's like it's over our limit, but it's also just there's an Ultimates arc that's smack dab in the middle, mm. which, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're going to have to break it in too. Okay, I'll, I'll, I trust your judgment. Yeah. But that's all I got. Cool. Um, and I didn't exactly enjoy it, but I definitely didn't enjoy the symbiote stuff. <laughs> but uh, you know, there's still there's still a little bit of meat on the bone. Bendis continues to show us he really does have like a vision for this character. It's just like the characters. He doesn't have an idea of where this plot's gonna go anymore, it feels like. Yeah, yeah. It's it's reaching the point of where ultimates just started or the ultimate 1610 just started to mirror 616 where it's like yeah stuff needs to start like actually progressing we can't stay in the same spots we were at well and if they had allowed peter to grow up like this had happened over a couple years and he was getting ready to graduate then you maybe would have more stories or you could do peter as a mentor Mm -hmm. i can't buy peter as a mentor right now because he's 16 yeah (laughs) but who knows plenty to cover it doesn't matter. He'll never become a mentor. He's going to die and it will be something else. So, uh, What do you have for me? I have for you uh, an indie comic. We haven't done an indie comic in a minute. And this has been one that I've been wanting to get to. The Department of Truth image. Ah, Tinian. Yes. The fourth. Uh, my, my boy. Your guy. Um, How yeah. recent is this? What? How recent is this? Uh, this is relatively recent. I think usually your indies are pretty recent. This is not as recent. It's not like just ended. Yeah. Um, I do think it has ended, but uh, let's see what year. What year did this start? Does it say on here? Um, 2021. So within okay, the last couple yeah. Of years. Uh, but yeah, it's I've heard great things. It's seems to be it's kind of like about conspiracy and maybe a little bit of like 1984 esque political uh commentary which i like and you know it's james tinian who you haven't read anything from him i don't believe so um i was a big fan of his batman run um i I think it was very good so i'll be excited to see what he does outside of the superhero um landscape cool well everyone if you've enjoyed what you've heard if you want to hear more ultimate spider-man stuff then click a click a follow and a five-star rating on the podcast platform of your choice because there will for sure be more for the time being. You can email us at allnew52podcast at gmail.com with reviews and recommendations, and we'll be back next week with the Department of Truth. See you then. Goodbye.